Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions presents the DFS Lineup Lock Hour, sponsored by DailyRoto.com. All right, we got a lot of stuff to get into here. I am Gabriel Morenzi, and I'm all alone, man. I'm scared. Very scared. Tony Sincata's at a Jeff Dunham concert. Cam Stewart, of course, leaves at uh, 6 o'clock on Mondays and uh, Fridays. I know many of you are excited it's uh, Friday. And I'm happy for you if uh, if this is your thing and the weekend uh, your thing. For me, man, it's a you know three, six, five, seven days a week, twenty four seven grind. So, I don't feel weekends. I'm like uh, I'm emotionless. I have no feelings. <laughs> like, and in fact, Fridays just somehow annoy me more than other days. To be honest uh, with you, uh, but I'm not annoyed tonight because we've got a full slate of basketball. We got a ton of baseball, man. We've got NHL playoff hockey. It's a great time of the year uh, to be a sports uh, fan. Uh, to be a DFS uh, player. So let's jump in uh, right now and look at uh, the Major League uh, Baseball board. I put together a uh, big league lineup uh, tonight. We talked about the games briefly with Cam earlier, but let's take a look at the totals here. A lot of lower totals tonight. Um, Not a lot of runs are expected. There's a lot of choices to make as far as the pitchers are concerned uh, this evening. Uh, Arizona Diamondbacks and Strasburg uh, tonight. Godley and Strasburg. Total is seven. The Braves and the Phillies total is seven and a half. The Detroit Tigers and the Baltimore Orioles, the total is nine and a half uh, there. Tillman Tillman has been uh, flammable as of late. Um, what else? I mean, we got eights most. It's a lot of low totals uh, tonight. Cincinnati and Minnesota, we got a nine and a half. Uh, Houston and Oakland, uh, we've got a nine. That actually feels pretty high with Keuchel and a dude coming off a no-hitter. Uh, DeGrom in San Diego, the total is uh, seven. And we got an eight up uh, with the Dodgers. And San Francisco. So as I mentioned, there's a million freaking pitching options uh, here uh, this evening. And when it was all said and done, I decided to go with DeGrom. Decided to go with uh, DeGrom. As, um, you know, he's, he's first off, he's in San Diego tonight. I like the Mets from a betting uh, perspective. Uh, but um, I like DeGrom uh, here. He's not cheap uh, this evening. Uh, but he's been racking up uh, the strikeouts. Uh, what, he struck out uh, 10, uh, 10 batters in his last uh, game. Um, previous start before that, he struck out 12 batters against uh, Washington. He's faced San Diego uh, four times in his career. He's 2-1 with a 1.93 earned run average. So I can't resist. I think he's going to get the win, and I think he's going to rack up the strikeouts uh, tonight. So give me uh, give me the Mets from a betting perspective and give me DeGrom uh, from a DFS perspective. My other pitcher is a pitcher. I don't think a ton of people are going to own him. 
Uh, but, man, he put seven strikeups, uh, seven KOs on the board in just three and two-third uh, innings in his debut. I think we'll get a, a little bit more than uh, than three and two-thirds from him here uh, this evening. It's uh, Drew Pomeranz. Drew Pomeranz uh, returning. Um, you know, he... It took him a little while to get settled at Fenway last year. He was a really good pitcher at Petco and in San Diego, and then he went to Fenway. And Fenway can be a nightmare, man, uh, for pitchers, you know, with the monster back there. But he's starting to settle down uh, right now. And as we stated, you know, he last pitched uh, seven days ago, eight days ago on April the 20th. Uh, so I would expect him to be able to go uh, five innings this evening, qualify for a win, and uh, rack up some strikeouts. As we stated, he struck out seven Seven over uh, three and two-thirds in Oakland on April the 20th. Uh, My catcher, Wellington Castillo tonight, man. He racked up 18 drafting points uh, last night. He's uh, hit safely in four straight baseball games. He's put up uh, 36 uh, DK points in his last uh, four uh, baseball games. So I'm going with Wellington Castillo tonight behind uh, the plate. Uh, we gotta we got to roll the dice a little bit here because we're kind of stacked at the deep end, and we'll get to it, but... Uh, we're going with Steve Pierce, not Steve Piercy from Rat. Lay it down, lay it down. If you can, Florida, give us that uh, song later on the way out. Uh, Steve, uh, Steve Pierce, three for five with a home run and a walk against a minor. Uh, we got Texas and the Blue Jays uh, here this evening. Uh, uh, lay it down, Rat. Come on, man, you don't. You're not a big Rat uh, fan, Florio. Is it rat you're saying? Yeah, rat. I, I've never heard <laughs> like, of rat. You've never heard of the band Rat before? No. No, really? Huh? What kind of music do you listen to, Florio, normally? Uh, like alternative rock, a lot of hip-hop, stuff like that. All right, yeah, yeah. R-A-T-T. Two, two, uh, two T's. Rat. Lay it down. There we go. It's a great gambling song. No, you really don't know me. Well, I know you don't really care to see me. See me. I'm into total See, and the singer's name is uh, Stephen Pierce. So we're taking Steve Pierce. He's three for five with a home run and a walk against Minor. There's no reason the Blue Jays don't put runs on the board tonight at the Rogers Center. Lay it down. And we're taking Kiki Hernandez. Third base. This dude crushes uh, left-handed uh, hitters. He's got a uh, 390 weighted on base. Uh, against uh, opposing uh, left-handers, uh, no, re- you know, nice price tonight too with uh, Kiki uh, Hernandez. Talking about uh, Derek Holland, Derek Holland has been a freaking gas can uh, so far this year. He's been, uh, he's been getting, uh, he's been getting lit up, and um, I think the Dodgers uh, can score some runs tonight. But the Dodgers, you know, the Dodgers are an attractive DFS stack this evening. But betting on them is a different thing, right? They're just always two different things. And I'm not, it's almost, I swear to God, Floor, every uh, every guy we have is almost like a, uh, we got like music here. This is uh, Jose Iglesias. I'm sure you never heard of him either. 
You heard of Enrique? You probably know Enrique. I know Enrique. But you don't know the father, Jose? The Tiger shortstop? <laughs> That's who I'm taking. <laughs> I, I didn't father, know Enrique's uh, dad was named Jose. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure Jose Iglesias. It's one of the biggest singers of all time. You ever heard of ABBA before, Florio? ABBA? No. Yeah, ABBA. You've never heard of ABBA? I, I probably would know a song if I heard it by them, but no. You know the song? It's like Dancing Queen. Oh, yeah. Dancing Queen. Yeah, it's ABBA. Did not. I couldn't have told you who sings that song, but I know the song. I didn't really know anyone that had less musical knowledge than you besides our boy Camera 2, Drew, uh, who's actually also a Bills fan. So so he's probably sad, go. too. I asked, I asked Camera 2, Drew, I said, uh, what band is Alice Cooper in? And uh, he responded, Alice in Chains. <laughs> uh, Alice Cooper? True story. Yeah. You know Alice Cooper? I know the name. I don't know if I can tell you what band... Dear God. Is Cardano listening right now? Like, if Cardano is, he's probably like, you ever heard of Van Halen? Yes. Scott Engel used to call me out because I would never know anyone in a band. Like, he asked me one time what Van Halen's lead singer's name was, and I said, Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, so you don't know. So if I start off this, if I start off this name and I say David Lee, and then like, there's like, so if I say David Lee, you're just thinking of the basketball player David Lee, right? I well, yeah. First, that would be the first thing that comes to mind. But David Lee Roth is someone. Yeah. All right. All right. I don't what know about who, Sammy. Sammy. What about Sammy? Uh, first thing that comes to mind is Sosa. Who <laughs> the white? That, that 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 strange looking white guy, the vampire. Now, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so here, I'll blast through my lineup. Here, we'll get uh, Florio's thoughts on the Buffalo Bills uh, draft. As uh, he is a big Bills fan, but Jose Iglesias, as uh, you alluded to, Tigers. He's got uh, hits in five of his last six games. Man, he's racked up forty-two DraftKings points in the process. Very cheap price at three thousand dollars, and a nice spot versus Chris Tillman here, in my opinion. All right, so it's basically the case of Hoskins, man. You can just plug this guy in on a nightly freaking basis, essentially. And we mentioned about Julio Tehran. Uh, Tehran is actually better on the road than he is at home, uh, but it doesn't matter, man. Hoskins can hit anybody anywhere. I'm filling him in the lineup here this evening. He's got three doubles. Um, he's four for nine in his career against Julio, and uh, so I'll take the three doubles and the four for nine. He's always a threat to uh, to put up big numbers. I'm taking Hoskins this evening. I spent, you know, I went pretty cheap with a lot of these other players, so now I can throw some money around. Speaking of uh, Derek Holland, Matt Kemp. Matt Kemp's an affordable price uh, tonight, uh, guys. And, you know, he's always lit up uh, left-handed uh, pitching. Uh, he's been doing it uh, doing it this year, man, over uh, over 500, 525 uh, Woba so far this season, and a nice spot against Derek Holland. And finally, in closing, I'm going with J.D. Martinez. Uh, went deep last night. I know that uh, Snell's been pitching well, but at Fenway, never a bad spot for J.D. Martinez. Always a uh, threat to put up some monster numbers. So to recap, I've got DeGrom, Pomeranz, Wellington Castillo, Steve Pierce, Kiki Hernandez, Jose Iglesias, Hoskins, Kemp, J.D. Martinez. Uh, but we will do a last uh, check uh, here just to make sure there's no uh, no late scratches as you never freaking know with this stuff.
Oh, yeah, we left off uh, Franco in our third baseman. But Franco, so Franco's out tonight, uh, Philadelphia Phillies. Franco is out this evening. You know, for betting purposes, I actually like the Angels tonight. I think, you know, plus 130 against Severino. Let's put uh, Cozart in here. All right, uh, Florio. So I was talking. Man, you see this stuff today with um, – do you see this stuff today now with, with Josh Allen about if I ever get drafted by the Buffalo Bills, somebody kill me? Was that real? That's a good – that's a good uh, – that's a very good uh, question. I don't know. <laughs> if it's on the internet, if it's on the internet, it must be real. I think that's how things work. It must be real. That's a, that's a good. That's actually a very good point, though. Yeah, I because I, I didn't see anything about that until today. So that kind of like I would have thought if that was a real. They would have found that. Yeah, they yeah. would have found that eh, already. Yeah, that's what I so, think. You know, at the time, I'm not going to lie. I was hoping for Josh Rosen. So when they said and the Buffalo Bills select, we knew it was going to be Josh. It was like Josh. Who? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so it was like the Bills select Josh. I was like, come on, R, R, you know, R, Allen. And then when it happened, I was like, I wanted Rosen, but you know what? I'm not the be-all that end-all. And Josh Allen is a good fit for the Buffalo Bills. Look, when we did that uh, mock show with Blue a couple of weeks ago, I said Josh Allen to the Buffalo Bills. You know this, Mike. It's no secret, man. Brandon Bean and Doug McDermott, man. These guys like size, man. They got a fetish like Rex had for feet. Like, look at the line. Look at look. It's true though. Look at the linebacker that they. Uh, I bet you, like, you know, they're into heavy chicks. You know what I'm saying? Like, they 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 they're into this. Look at look at the linebacker they took, dude. Six, six foot five. five linebacker. You don't see a lot of six foot five line. He's six five. Josh Allen, six five. Calvin Benjamin. How tall is Calvin Benjamin? Six four, six five. Yeah, he's a big wide receiver. Exactly. Like, you look at Cam Newton, and they drafted Cam Newton in, in Carolina. Big guy. Who's the backup that they, they signed to be the backup there? Derek Anderson. Derek Anderson's a big dude. Like, you just know. Like, scouting the Bills next time well, tomorrow when they start taking picks, basically, Mike, whoever the biggest guy is there, that's who they're going to take. <laughs> that's how they have their draft board figured out by size. No. no, they really do. But Josh Allen, the guy's got a freaking cannon. He's a raw, raw guy. I mean, yeah, there's some tweets and whatever. Who cares what he said in the past? Um, he's not a racist or anything like that. So everything will be fine with that. And, you know, we'll see. Man, I mean, he's not the most accurate kid. He played in a Mountain West. But you look at him, he sort of reminds me a lot of Carson Wentz, to be honest, Mike. That's who he reminds me of. He's a bigger sort of, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be automatically as good as Carson Wentz, but he can do the same things Carson Wentz can do. Yeah, I, I was torn, not torn, but I did not want Josh Allen at all, and I'm not happy with the pick. But the more I read up on it, the more I get why they would do this because you need a strong arm to play in those conditions in Buffalo, and he, they like that he's a big guy, like he said. But I, I get wanting to stay away from Rosen because California quarterbacks have traditionally failed in Buffalo, like Lossman and Edwards, those guys. But Yes, yes, I know, but you know where Josh Allen's from? California. <laughs> And it's, it's freaking hilarious because everyone's same thing. He's from Wyoming. He's throwing the cold. He's used to the cold. No, he's not. He's from the Bay Area. <laughs> he's from San Francisco like area. He's from like outside of Fresno or something like that. That's where he's from. He's like the, from the Fresno area. And he played at Wyoming. He like he grew up in in Mountain West country. 
you know, San Jose State, UNLV, New Mexico, Wyoming, Colorado State. So he ended up at one of those he schools. He didn't want to go to Wyoming. I can assure you that. They were just one of the few schools offering him a scholarship. Nobody, nobody offered him anything. Yeah, and it's not great when you're playing at a lower-level college, you're not putting up good numbers, and you have accuracy issues. For a team who traded up twice to get you, that's why I'm not crazy over the pick. Yeah, but you know what? It's, I, I, I hear you. Listen, I've been critical of Josh Allen in the past, and I brought it up. He struggled in a couple of big games last year. Big spot in Iowa. They got shut out. Uh, you know, they got, they got drilled by Oregon. That's not solely on him. But the thing is with Josh Allen, it's not like the Bills. It's not like the Bills pulled like a, a penny with the Seahawks or a Baker Mayfield. Like, do you hear anyone saying, oh, my God, what the hell did they just do? No. You know what I mean? Did you hear? Do you hear anybody saying, Josh Allen's terrible. He's going to be a bust. He's got a million red flags. No. Right? There's some accuracy issues. Troy Aikman said last night that he doesn't think accuracy can be taught. I, you know, I'll disagree with uh, Troy. Troy's a great, uh, great analyst, and he's a Hall of Famer, a great quarterback. But, I mean, he's going to get some better coaching now. And another thing is, Mike, people, they judge these kids too much on what they did in college as opposed to what they're going to do. I mean, if we just drafted the best player at the position in college all the time, you know what I mean? Like Tim Tebow, Mike, was one of the best college quarterbacks. I was going to say Tim Tebow would have been the first overall pick. Yeah, Trent Richardson. Trent Richardson freaking ran over. Remember Trent Richardson ran over Manti Teo in the national championship? Johnny Manziel. You know, or Eddie Lacy did that, actually. So it's the same thing. Eddie Lacy. Yeah, Johnny Manziel. You go down the list, exactly. Like, if you just take sort of college football stars, it doesn't mean you'll have a good NFL football team. I mean, last night, Herbstreet started to pitch about uh, the, the Edmonds pick for the Bills. Well, he doesn't play aggressive enough. He doesn't go downhill. Mel Kuyper shut him up and goes, uh, he's 19 years old. <laughs> he's Which is 19. crazy. He's that big for a 19-year-old. Exactly. He's now 20, but he was 19 when he played uh, last year. All right, we'll hit uh, the NBA on the other side. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Lineup Lock Live. Check out uh, Fantasy Factor. FantasyFactor.com. Single contest entries only, man. I've always got a ton of free contests that are going on over there. Great site. FantasyFactor.com. And don't forget, if you're a real serious uh, player, DailyRoto.com. DailyRoto.com slash FNTSY. Get your discount. Get your optimizers. Uh, participate in the uh, the live chat. Ask the experts the questions and use all the same tools uh, that the uh, the millionaire makers uh, use. I got to tell you, I can't wait for some uh, fantasy football 
uh, to come back. We're not going to have to wait all the way. We're not going to have to wait uh, all the way until uh, the National Football League season for fantasy football. The Canadian Football League is around uh, the corner. And, yes, uh, DraftKings has CFL football. Uh, you know what else they have? They've got NBA basketball uh, this evening. Uh, we got three games on the board uh, tonight. Uh, all elimination games. The Toronto Raptors look to eliminate the Washington Wizards. The Cavs could finish off the Pacers tonight. And the Jazz could finish off the Oklahoma City Thunder this evening. Uh, it's been a pretty low-scoring playoffs for the most part. If you're blindly betting on the unders, you're making more money. And, of course, I'm a stupid person and I like to bet on overs. Uh, the Wizards and the Raptors were, was a higher-scoring series earlier in the series, but you know it, things are starting to tighten up right now, man. It's like we said, you know, we're talking about elimination games here. Both teams should, you know, will will be playing an emphasized defense uh, tonight. The totals two fifteen there. Cleveland and the Pacers been a really low-scoring uh, series. Totals two o two there, and Oklahoma and Utah, ironically enough, that's the one that you sort of expect to get some points. Uh, from here tonight. So looking at my lineup uh, here this evening, Oladipo hasn't been shooting the ball well in this series. All right, he's been battling, man. I mean, he was uh, 2 for 15 in the last game, 5 for 20 in the game uh, before that, 5 for 15, man, in the game before that. So in other words, what's this, 35-50? Holy crap, man. He's hit 12 of his last 50 shots only. He's hit 12 of his last 50 shots? And look, they're, they're, look, look at the scores, 98-95, 104-100, 92-90. Uh, Oladipo needs to step it up. Um, you know, but from a fantasy perspective, even with these these erratic shooting performances from him, he's still contributing. Like, I'm not ripping Oladipo. The guy's had a great year, and they're not, they're not there without him. And, you know, he's still, like, you know, the other night, just 12 points, but he had 12 rebounds, he had four assists. Uh, so he ended up with 36 DK points. The previous game before that, he had 36 DK points. The game before that, he had 40 points. Um, he had 36.75 uh, before. So he sort of keeps topping out into the mid-30s here with one exception of a 40. So it's a little bit under value yet. I think Oladipo brings it uh, tonight. He's just too good of a player for these numbers to continue. And if somebody puts up 36 DK points and they shoot two from 15 from the field and they're one for seven from three, then I'm jumping on board in the next game. His track record this year is justified, and he's averaging 41 DK points on the year. Give me Victor Oladipo tonight as my point guard, $7,900. Uh, now Otto Porter is out tonight. This is an even better spot for uh, for Ubre here uh, with uh, Kelly Ubre Jr. Otto Porter likes to take a lot of three-point shots, and also opens up the door for Scott. Uh, I don't have Scott in my lineup, guys, but Scott is a designated three-point specialist. Uh, for the Washington Wizards, we know that uh, Porter is one of the better uh, three-point uh, shooters in the National Basketball Association. So I've got uh, I've got Ubre in here, and I already had Ubre in my lineup actually before uh, before we even got the Auto Porter news. Uh, you look at Kelly Ubre Jr. here tonight. Uh, you look at the production in the series. You know we're talking about a guy that generally can get you into the low twenties, mid twenties. The minutes have been there and similar. He really struggled. He only only put up 17 DK points in the last game, but he was 3 for 11 from the field. He was 1 for 7 from three-point uh, territory. At $4,200, we're not asking for that much. I mean, if he can get us 22 points, you know, DK points, that's just fine. But Otto Porter not playing now this evening. The, the threes are there for him. He's going to be shooting them. The question is whether they're going to go in. 
he finds different ways to contribute uh, to, you know, he gets four or five rebounds or so, maybe a couple of block shots, but I expect him to play 30 minutes or so this evening, 27, 30 minutes. So I'm going with Kelly Oubre Jr. at $4,200. LeBron James, uh, no reason to really, I don't know, break this down, but, you know, tonight your choices of superstars. So you can go LeBron James, Russell Westbrook's 11-2. Westbrook, Westbrook's been struggling in this series. And, yes, I know he put up 75 DK points uh, the other night. But now this game is on the road. You know, he's $11,200. I just trust LeBron James a little bit more in this spot. 75 points is unbelievable. And, you know, he put up, uh, he did shoot the ball 39 freaking times. But I don't think he's going to shoot the ball 39 times to get here this evening. So I'm going to go with LeBron James as, uh, as my guy here. Uh, tonight. LeBron's also coming off of a uh, 72-point performance. The difference between LeBron and Westbrook is, though, it's been here every night for LeBron. LeBron has less help, you know, than than Westbrook does even. So I'm going to go with LeBron James in this spot. I'm taking Sabonis here at $4,800. Sabonis put up 58 DK points in the last uh, two games. In this series, he's played 25 and 33 minutes respectively. The minutes have been there uh, for him. Um, and back at home here this evening, I don't see any reason why he's not going to play. Look, in the last two home games, he played 24 minutes and he played 25 minutes. And then in the last game on the road, he ended up playing 33 minutes and he put up uh, 32 DK points. He's $4,800. If he can get us around 25 points, it'll be all right. He's pretty much a point-per-minute type of guy, or at least he stepped it up in the last uh, couple of games. But I'm going to roll the dice with him uh, here this evening. Um, I've got uh, Gortat, Gortat at center here tonight. I wanted JV, and we know that Jonas Valanciunas is a plus 42 in this series. We also know that Dwayne Casey finally put the pipe down and put JV in the, in the fourth quarter, and he got some uh, he got some minutes. But he's $6,200 tonight, and I'm looking at Gortat uh, here, who's actually had a, a you know he's had a nice little run right now in this series. You know, he had one bad game, but the last three games, he's had 23, 22, and 31 DK points, respectively. He's been 8 for 10 from the field, 6 for 8 from the field, 4 for 9 from the field. Uh, he's had 5 rebounds, 6 rebounds, 12 rebounds. Um, you know, I think I think Gortat's actually a value uh, pick here tonight. I think the Raptors win this game, but at $4,700, we're not asking that much uh, from Gortat. And the dude's going to be on the floor, man, all right? He plays. He plays 30 minutes a night, essentially. He's going to be on the floor. He plays well at home, generally. $4,700 for Gortat. Ricky Rubio. We went with uh, Rubio in this spot, despite the fact that he wears a friend's uh, hoodie around. He's coming off a back-to-back 36 uh, DK point um, DK point uh, productions. 64 and 47 in the games before that. Back at home, he was just 4 for 14 from the field, so did the... The shots aren't falling for him right now. He's four for twelve, four for fourteen. Uh, but you know you're going to get the rebounds, you're going to get the assists. I expect this game to be a higher scoring game tonight. So I think Rubio is going to get into the forties tonight, which will provide us plus value with Ricky Rubio, Jakob Purtle, Jakob Purtle, Toronto Raptors. Rolling the dice here on this guy here. He's thirty four hundred dollars. You know, if he plays, look, he played 16 minutes and he put up 17 DK points in the last game. The game before that, he played 24 minutes. He put up 21 minutes, uh, 21 DK points. You know, it, at $3,400, we're not asking for much. If he can give us 17, 
17, 18, 20 DK points uh, tonight. Um, it'll pay off. But look, we've got Oladipo. We've got Ricky Rubio. We've got LeBron James. Uh, we can't afford everybody here. And then we went with Miles Turner as well, $4,900. Turner, um, you know, for this price, you know, can he give us uh, 25 points? I think he can. I think Turner's going to have a nice game here tonight. I think the Pacers are going to come to play. So uh, my basketball lineup will be Oladipo, Oubre Jr., LeBron James, Sabonis, Gortat, Ricky Rubio, Yaka Pertle, and Miles Turner. Uh, we got some NASCAR action for you as well. And uh, NASCAR, we've done well. We tripled our money. Uh, we've been doubling our money, tripling our money um, whenever we've been banging on the NASCAR tournament. So I look forward to playing some NASCAR DFS. It's Talladega, guys. Of course, it's a restrictor plate race in which anything can happen. Now, the thing is, and we talked about this with Steve Merrill earlier. They say, well, anything can happen in a restrictor plate race, and it is true. You're going to get your anomalies. You know, your Trevor Bain. Trevor Bain won a Daytona before. So you do get these sort of random results at times. But the fact of the matter is there's a track record of the usual suspects when it comes down to uh, to the, the, the plate races. And we'll start off with a couple of the usual suspects. So this is our NASCAR lineup here. Let's start off with Denny Hamlin. All right, uh, Denny Hamlin, this is an incredible stat here, man. The last eight times that they've raced at Talladega, he's led laps, all right? Uh, he won there in 2014. He's He won the Daytona 500 in 2016. He's won three Daytona shootouts um, as well, all right? Like Denny Hamlin, we talked about it with Steve Merrill off the top of the program earlier. Uh, Denny Hamlin just really is one of the best uh, plate uh, drivers out there. Uh, right now. So we're going to start off our lineup with Denny Hamlin. Uh, we got Ryan Blaney. All right. Uh, Ryan Blaney. Now, I really respect uh, Micah Roberts. Uh, Micah Roberts, a great NASCAR handicapper. He's an He was an odds maker in Las Vegas, VegasInsider.com. Um, and, you know, Micah Roberts thinks that Ryan Blaney can actually win this race. And if you look at the data, if you look at the data, at least from a uh, from a from a DFS uh, perspective, he's run well on these uh, these tracks. Uh, he led 118 laps in the Daytona 500. He finished uh, seventh. Um, you know, so this is the next plate race. That was the last plate race, the Daytona 500. Blaney's got a nice track record of surprising people in these plate races. Don't be surprised if uh, Blaney is in the top five and right in the mix uh, this week. All right, so we're talking about you know, man, it's always the usual suspects at these plate races. Well, when we're talking about a usual suspect, we're looking at Brad Keselowski. All right, uh, Keselowski's uh, won two of the last four four races here, guys. He's led 174 laps. You know, when you're batting 500 in NASCAR, man, that's not too bad, all right? That's not too bad when you're batting 500 in anything. Um, he leads all active drivers with five career wins and 11 top tens and 18 career starts in plate races. All right, so... Like, uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. was sort of like the plate king, one of the guys that was right up there. Um, you know, Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, and guys that have sort of been in the mix in past years, they've retired. Matt Kenseth, Matt Kenseth was always in a mix at Daytona and Talladega, not around anymore. So suddenly, Denny Hamlin and Brad Keselowski are sort of the, the plate kings, and uh, we're, we're able to get them both into our lineups. Uh, Eric Amarola. Uh, one of the reasons why we can get uh, both Hamlin and uh, Keslowski in here is because Amarola is a little cheaper, but this guy's a freaking monster on these uh, plate tracks, all right? 
um, top five finishes at Talladega in both the races uh, last year. Um, he won Daytona before. As I stated, uh, man, th- this guy can run on these uh, tracks. He's finished uh, top five twice in the top ten in three of his last four races here at Talladega. Eric Amarola has to be on your team. All right, now we got a couple of uh, punts uh, here. Uh, Daryl Wallace Jr. Remember Daryl Wallace uh, Jr.? Uh, he was a runner-up uh, this year in the, in the first race of the season at Daytona, and he talked crap about Denny Hamlin. And people kind of took it the wrong way because they're like, you know, man, you know, you're a rookie here for a full, you know, first. He's been around on the truck series, and he's run some NASCAR races before this year, but full first year on the circuit, and he's calling out Denny Hamlin to rub some people the wrong way. Uh, but that's what these NASCAR guys do. Uh, they call each other out. So Daryl Wallace Jr. finished in second place, man. He had a runner-up at Daytona 500 uh, this year. Uh, but, you know, he's sort of faded since then. He doesn't have the best car, but he's a good plate racer, man. It's sort of an equalizer, and Wallace Jr. is always in the mix, man. All right, um, last year, finished uh, 15th at Daytona last summer. He started 31st. He finished second in this year's Daytona 500, and he started seventh. And now you're getting him for a dirt cheap price uh, here. Daryl Wallace Jr. is in my lineup, and finally we're really rolling the dice uh, here with uh, with uh, with uh, Golding. Um, you know, he finished uh, finished 20th and 9th last year, picked up 40 place differential points, as I saw. Daily Fantasy, uh, Daily Fantasy rankings do some great NASCAR data. Uh, they're good for all sports generally, but I noticed for for NASCAR, they really have some really, really good, uh, interesting data uh, there. And, of course, check out the Engels, man. We miss Scott Engels' weekly hits uh, on this show, but his kid is uh, producing some great articles. So uh, check that out, uh, too, over at uh, Daily Roto. So to recap, my lineup is Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney, Brad Keselowski, Amarola, Daryl Wallace Jr., and Galding. And I'll tell you what, guys, and I say this honestly, out of all these, like, DFS uh, picks that we give and stuff, my NASCAR is actually the best one. Like, I do best uh, with NASCAR, uh, with the tournament uh, hits uh, here. Baseball, baseball's been hit or miss. I've had a couple of nights where I made a couple of bucks in baseball. Basketball is freaking hard because you got to be perfect in basketball. Like, that's the thing. Basketball, you got to guys with a million lineups, and you, it's got to be so, there's no room for error. I find with NASCAR, I've done I've done well. I've made money in pretty much like five out of seven races or whatever it's been uh, on DraftKings. But when, when when you know, I look forward to the CFL because I do know the CFL very well. But it didn't really translate into a ton of DraftKings success for me last year, to be honest uh, with you. It's kind of disappointing because I'm like, man, I really know the CFL. I should have an advantage here, but. You really don't. CFL is a very random league. There's a lot of injuries and player changes on a week-to-week basis in the Canadian Football League that you wouldn't get uh, in the National Football League. But I'm stoked, man, for some CFL uh, football. I like this NASCAR lineup I have. Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney, Brad Keselowski, Eric Amarola, Darrell Wallace Jr., Golding. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. 
Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Kind of a letdown, though, Florio, isn't it? Like, uh, Buffalo Bills, NFL draft, and we don't have any picks tonight. (laughs) And one thing I will admit, too, about the Buffalo Bills draft is I'm not really a huge fan of moving up to get both of these dudes. That, you know, that was sort of my only deal, only because I'm not so sure the Bills had to move up to get Josh Allen, you know, to be honest with you. The way things were going in the draft, and you look at the teams that were after the Bills, now somebody could have traded up, but I think the Bills could have gotten Rosen or Allen at that point in time without moving, and then they ended up trading up again to get Edmonds, which is a little bit strange as well, when uh, Vander Esch was there, who was a pretty good player, but... We can scout this stuff, and we can we can project. Well, this kid's a good fit for this team, and this you know makes sense here. Number one, that's not our jobs. We're not qualified to be doing that. And number two, the Buffalo Bills met with Josh Allen a bunch of times, and the Buffalo Bills met with Josh Rosen, or like you know they met him at the combine, etc. And a lot of this stuff is personality. So if McDermott, and we've seen with McDermott, and you remember this, Mike, you know what did McDermott do when he came into Buffalo? He started getting rid of everybody, and he didn't really care who you were, right? He got rid of the second-round uh, linebacker draft pick out of Alabama. didn't matter. You know, you're not fitting in here. This isn't going to work out. Sammy Watkins, you know what? You're just too much. You're not big enough. You're not really, you know, we don't want sort of individualistic, you know, attitude uh, here. Tyrod Taylor, they were they couldn't wait to get rid of Tyrod Taylor. I mean, hell, they tried to bench him even though they were they were a playoff team. So you go down the list. And it's pretty clear that personality and identity is something that's big for for Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean and the Buffalo Bills. So I guess they just felt as though Allen was a better fit personally for the roster that they had and at least for the the, the style uh, that they they have coaching. So, yeah, night night two here. Still a lot of good football players uh, left uh, on the board. But I got to tell you, man, like – it's it's been nearly 24 hours, and I'm still I still can't believe that the Cleveland Browns really took Baker Mayfield first overall. I'm really I'm really floored uh, by this. Uh, I just I, um, I it's unbelievable to me. Florio brought up a good point too about uh, the Josh Allen not wanting to go to Buffalo tweets not being potentially real as probably would have come up uh, already, but I don't know who knows. I mean teenagers tweet and i'm not going to hold anything you really said against them at this uh at this juncture all right uh, so let's take a look at uh, let's take a look at the board here right now the money keeps coming in right now on the uh, the toronto raptors and let's confirm if uh if van fleet is playing because i think fred van fleet's actually going to be back now we've been thinking this for nights and here he is yes sir and so more line movement a little bit right now 
Van Fleet is a player, I got to be honest with you, I wasn't overly enamored with Fred Van Fleet, all right? He was okay at Wichita State, and he seemed like to me like somebody that was a little bit of an overachiever. You know, that you were good in college, but you're not really, you know, it's not going to translate in the NBA. You'll just sort of be a backup in the NBA. And honestly, like I said, I'm painfully honest when I'm wrong. Earlier in the year, I thought that Van Fleet was playing too much. I was like, man, why is this Van Fleet kid taking these threes all the time? And why is Van Fleet on the floor? Why is Van Fleet handing the basketball? But the fact of the matter is, man, Van Fleet has been a key contributor to the Toronto Raptors. And he started to hit the wall a little bit, but he was injured. Man, the kid's balling, man. And he plays with an edge. He plays with a hunger. He plays decent defense. So getting him back is actually a key addition for the Toronto Raptors. Now, I hope this doesn't mean that DeLon Wright is sort of exiled uh, right now because the fact of the matter is we saw that DeLon Wright saved the Raptors' season in the fourth quarter the other night. So it's up to Casey to figure out a rotation now. But, hey, listen, the fact of the matter is this is a big, big, uh, big news for the Toronto Raptors to get Fred Van Fleet back. It is. It's, it's definitely a nice little boost and addition and uh, the odds makers agree, and the betting market agrees right now, is the Toronto Raptors have gone up to two-point favorites. Uh, the Toronto Raptors under head coach Dwayne Casey have been have been uh, money burners on the road, man, in the playoffs. All right? They're now 6-15 and 15 against the spread in their last 21 road playoff games under Dwayne Casey with Kyle Lowry and DeRozan and this unit, etc., They've been money burners on the road in the playoffs yet. I think it's setting up nicely for them. I think something just clicked for them finally. The Raptors haven't had a sense of urgency. I think they just sort of, they think, oh, well, whatever. We're going to be washed in. And you don't want this going seven games, guys. Anything can happen if it goes seven games. And one thing, I don't even think the league wants this going seven games. I don't think they want the Raptors and Wizards on TV any more than they have to. (laughs) So... I'm not really expecting the Raptors to get viciously screwed uh, by the refs tonight. I think the Raptors are going to finish Washington off. Washington lose Otto Porter. Otto Porter's a big part of their team, man. He's their three-point specialist. So now that you know, everything sort of falls down the ladder, there's more pressure on Kelly Uber Jr. Now Scott's going to have to contribute a little bit more. The Wizards are a two-man freaking operation, man. It's already frustrating that the Raptors are in this spot right now, that they haven't finished them off already. I think they will tonight. Um, it's up to minus 130 on the money line right now. Wouldn't surprise me if it uh, climbs just a little bit uh, more, even at two and a half in some spots. But this game's going off the board, actually, in 12 minutes, guys. And for anyone that's listening right now and plans on betting this game, get the bet in now. These NBA games, man, the other night, it freaked me and Cam out. You know when they say, like, an NBA game starting at 7 o'clock? It really means like 709 or something, 711. They stand around, you know, it takes forever to start the damn games. The NBA didn't screw around the other night, man. They came out, man, they were on TV, boom. It was like it started. And, um, you know, we got a game on at 935, actually. So I wouldn't be surprised if this Raptors-Wizards game really did just shoot out of the gate right at 701, 702 uh, type of deal. I'm looking over now at various books and the numbers climbing, man. Numbers climbing. Raptors up to minus 140, as I stated. The Raptors' steam starting to come in right now. And it's hard to fully it's hard to fully trust the Raptors because, as we stated, they are just 6-15 uh, in their last 21 road playoff games. But 
it feels like uh, this is a good spot. Last year, they were in a similar situation, and they went to Milwaukee, and they eliminated the Milwaukee Bucks in Milwaukee in six games. I think they're going to do the same tonight. Now, Cleveland and Indiana. You know, it's funny. I'm a big Raptor fan, and I was really looking forward to the playoffs. I'm not going to lie to you. The Raptors' performance in a couple of the games has really pissed me off. Like, if they go seven games type of deal, you know, I'll probably go to game seven, but it's not like, oh, I'll go to game seven and cheer them on because I'll be freaking pissed off if they actually won seven games to the Washington Wizards, who after the Portland Trailblazers are probably the worst team in the playoffs. Like, you know, you're a one seed, Toronto. You shouldn't, like, you know, you need to eliminate them tonight. Like, Steve Merrill brought it up earlier. If you're a true one seed and he thinks they are and – you know, then they step up and they win this basketball game tonight. I think they will. Now, as far as Cleveland and the Pacers are concerned, LeBron James is single-handedly, at least single-handedly with the help of the National Basketball Association, beating the Indiana Pacers right now. And anyone who's watched this series, man, if I was a Pacer fan, man, I'd be frustrated. But I know, I know your pain because I see the same thing when I play the Raptors. And... LeBron James is going to get the call against pretty much anybody with the exception of the Golden State Warriors. So it's frustrating. And if you're Indiana, you've got to deliver the knockout punch on your own, man. You know, because you need to know. It, you know, it's sort of like the, the fight game. And I want to get something about uh, Fedor and Mir out there for you guys too, actually, uh, before we're done here. But you've got to know. You know this. You know this. You know this going in. You know the rules going in. You know that if it's a close game in the last couple of minutes, you better not let it be a close game because, you know, they're going to give the calls to LeBron James. They're going to give the calls to the Cleveland Cavaliers. You're the Indiana Pacers. They're LeBron James. You know, it's pretty simple. The NBA is an entertainment league, okay? The NBA is a television-driven league. And they, you know, LeBron James is the star of the show. You know, it, it's it's like losing Bart and Homer from from The Simpsons. There's no show. Nobody wants to watch Lisa and Marge nag anybody. All right, and trust me, the last thing they freaking want on television uh, are the Indiana Pacers and the Toronto Raptors for the next two weeks. They won't be able to avoid it, man. There'll only be eight teams left, so they're going to have to put them on primetime television. It's really going to piss them off. They're not going to let it get to that. All right, they're not going to let it get to that. I think the Raptors take care of business tonight. But if you're the Pacers, you guys need to know that it's very similar to a fight in which, you know, the champion or if you're fighting a fighter in their home state, you know, you're going to have to knock them out. Or you're going to need to beat the crap out of your opponent so much that the judges can't screw you. But if it's close, you know you're going to lose the fight. So you got to take it out of the judges' hands. That's the best way, you know, that's the saying. Take it out of the judges' hands. Take it out of the judges' hands. You need to take this out of the refs' hands if you're the Pacers tonight. And you know, and the other night, as much as I call out the referees, and as much as it really makes me irate to see the crap that LeBron gets away with on the court, it's not the referees' fault. It's not Adam Silver's fault that the Pacers, you know, that shoot the ball as poorly as they do. The Pacers have had a hard time closing games out in this series. The Pacers, to me, they look like they're the better team, actually, than Cleveland are. But they can't close games out. And Oladipo just needs to hit a couple of more shots. Like, they're just close, but you can't finish it off. 
So, you know, I'm not saying tonight's a lock or anything like that, but I am taking the Pacers uh, here this evening. I think the Pacers, I think the Pacers uh, send this to seven, and then uh, the Pacers, you guys are going to get screwed hard in seven games because, uh, like I said, they, they don't want you moving forward. I'm just loading up my picks here. And since I'm a nice guy, I'm going to tweet them out to people. Copy and paste. I'm getting good at this copy and paste crap. There we go. So yeah, I'm taking uh I'm taking I'm taking the Pacers here. Now the total seems the total's calling my name, man, but I think it's a trap. The total's two oh two, and I'm tired of losing freaking money on betting on the over in this series because I've been doing it over and over and it doesn't get there. It's like, oh, it's gonna get there, it looks like it's gonna get there, and then it falls short all the time. The Pacers do not play a quick tempo. You know, generally I want to be all over this at 202, but the fact is the games are going under the number. So, but I am going to take the uh, the Pacers, man. Minus 120 on the money line, Pacers to win this basketball game this evening. And this last game, I'm going to bet this game because I'm a degenerate. But in all honesty, as we stated with the passing of our good friend Dave Malinsky, and may he rest in peace. You know, Dave spent so many years of his life sharing information with people. And always, I always remember what he always told me about sports gambling is um, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Not a sprint. It's a marathon. And, you know, not to bet too many games, not, you know, to look at the bigger picture, not to always try to, you know, load up on one night and, you know, beat the world. It's sort of like, you know, you can't score – you know, you, you can't score eight runs on one grand slam in baseball. You know, someone trying to swing for the fences. You can't get five runs out of this, buddy. Let's just get on base, all right? It's one of those type of deals. So, I'm really, you know, one of the things I'm going to try to take from Dave Malinsky's passing is actually to be a smarter gambler and not to push things. So, this is a classic example of this in which I want to give you guys a pick. I want to be, oh, you know, jump on this and that. We'll play it. We're going to play it light just because it could go either way. You know, I brought it up earlier with Cam. The the hardest series uh, victory to get, in, in, in the hardest game in a series to get, is the last game. And Utah haven't been down this road before very often. You know, to close series is out, to close games out. And they're trying to do it against some pretty good basketball players and Paul George and Russell Westbrook. But we're seeing the classic example that the Utah Jazz are a cohesive unit. The Utah Jazz are a cohesive unit. Meanwhile... The Oklahoma City Thunder sort of are just, you know, one-on-oneing this thing. And Russell Westbrook took 39 shots the other night and got him here. But I'm not ready to lay the six and a half points, man. I'm going to take the the points here. I'm going to take the points uh, with the Thunder. We'll buy the half point. We'll get it up to seven points. We'll take the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I think this game's going to go over the 207 points. We're going to go over the number there. The Winnipeg Jets and the Nashville Predators series starts uh, tonight. Man, this is going to be some good stuff. It, you know, it really is. I, you know, I don't want to just waste our time all the time ripping Gary Bettman and highlighting how stupid they are, but we have the two best teams in the Western Conference playing each other in the second round. So it's clearly an advantage. So, like, never mind. Like, people are like, well, it doesn't matter. You got to beat who you're going to play, etc. It's clearly an advantage for Vegas and San Jose, and and it would have been for L.A. and the Anaheim Ducks. You it you get an easier path. 
you get an easier path to the conference finals than teams that have better records than you. It's just, it doesn't make sense. Like, you know, and we can't just blame Gary Bettman for this because the National uh, the National Hockey League Players Association went along with his crap as well. You know, to me, these are the little things that keep the NHL from from really fully functioning. It's just, it's just stupid. It's just stupid. It's stupid. It's a competitive imbalance in the playoffs, which is just should be freaking unheard of. Um, so we had Babano on earlier, and uh, Cam, me and Cam and Babano were talking about this. So Winnipeg and Nashville, man, we're talking about two teams uh, that can put the puck in the net. And we're talking about, you know, very, you know, offensive defensemen on Nashville. Winnipeg, same thing. Big dudes. They crashed the net. They played five games this year, and they combined to score 41 freaking goals. Over eight goals a game were averaged when they played each other. And it's quite a body of work, actually, the five games. So four of the five games went uh, over the number. And as Babano alluded to, the one game that stayed under in the 3-2 game, they combined for 78 shots on goal between the two of them. I'm generally never an over-better in these game ones, but I can't bet the under in this. I can't bet the under. So give me give me a live dog here in the Winnipeg Jets, man. A plus 145. Plus 145. Nashville's, uh, I think Nashville are going to win the series, but I'm not ready to lay minus 165 here. Winnipeg are hot. Winnipeg uh, can crash and bang. And we saw, man, Colorado gave Nashville all they can handle. Give me the, uh, give me the Winnipeg Jets plus 145 over five and a half. So we told you, Raptors money line, Pacers money line, Oklahoma City plus seven, Jazz Thunder over 207, Jets plus 145, Jets Preds over five and a half, Major League Baseball giving the Colorado Rockies minus 130, Boston Red Sox minus 165, LA Dodgers minus 145. I love LA. Does your fantasy team?